I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, first weekend of June, we're halfway through the calendar year, and the official start of summer was last weekend during the Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys are enjoying it. We talked to Darren Cohn, the coach, earlier about the NBA Finals in Game 1, and then now we're talking to Frank Vashner on the phone lines, and Twitter's a buzz. Actually, it was a great game, great performance from LeBron James, and I feel sorry for him because he put in a great performance, but it'll be just known for bonehead blunders from the refs and his own teammates. I mean, it was just a cluster. I mean, it could be one of the most classic NBA first games. Seriously, usually a lot of times when you think of the NBA Finals, if it's a good Finals, you think about the final games toward the end of the series. But this was probably one of the most classic NBA Finals Game 1s until about the last three minutes. And then that's when everything just collapsed. And basically, you know, it just ended up being where we got a lot of this. And we got Frank Vashner here on the phone lines. And uh, Frank, that's kind of what happened. The last three minutes took away from the first 45 minutes of the game <laughs> well i know if you played the wheel of fortune bankrupt out i think you could probably also play the prices right horn and the betty hill yakety sacks to describe uh, some of what happened now i first want to begin with jr smith and his blunders the first one i watched was him him Thank you. First, late in the first half, he decides to go for a steal where you're not going to have much of a chance to get off a shot. Uh, And, of course, he completely whiffs. Steph Curry gets the ball, essentially pulls up from 40 foot, nothing but nylon. And it's like – and. For me being me being around coaches these last couple of years, and I hear them every time, you can test every shot. And apparently J.R. Smith didn't realize that think, oh, I'm gonna go for a steal just so Steph can't get a shot. No, because if you miss, he's wide open and bang, tie game, end of the first half. The smart thing to do in that situation, and you can ask any coach, coach here, is just stay with him, put a hand in his face, and if he and contest the shot, if he makes it, you shake his hand and say, "Nice shot." But the fact that he didn't contest said shot, which I hear, hear 
Coach Bolin, I hear Coach Jansen, I hear Coach Hubbard, I hear every coach from Dundee staff and other places say, you put a hand in the guy's face when he's shooting. You don't go, you don't try to contest go for a seal because you play with fire, you get burned. That's just one thing that really grinds my gears. The other thing, and this is the most obvious of the night, right? Where George Hill shooting, shoot, hit the free throw, we get a tie game. Second free throw, he choked on, which people would, some might point to him and blame him for a loss. I'm not going to do that because, for one, the Cavs got the offensive rebound, which was the right move, which was good. Get the rebound. And what does Mr. Smith do? He decides to dr- go back to half court, court and dribble it out. And when time runs out, LeBron gives him a look like, what are you doing, man? He's like, oh, I didn't know it was tied. He said, I thought we were up. That's what exactly I thought we were up. We're in lip reading. But he also, another mistake he kind of made, too, was that he threw the ball to George Hill, which I didn't understand. And he didn't call a timeout. It it was a bizarre. But you also forgot, too, the Cavs were up by two points. And JR played some Ole defense on Steph Curry, which forced Love to come and help. And he fouled him. And he got the and one and made the free throw to put the the Warriors up by uh, one point, and then to mention too, Frank the the charge call very uh, bizarre. Let me get there now. I understand why there's replay in place in the NBA to review if a shot is good or not. Is it a two or a three? Was there a flagrant two one or two? Who did the ball go out of bounds off of? How much time is on the clock? Blah, blah, blah. Show me where it says that you can review a block or charge call. That's a judgment call, people. That Actually, that rule is in place. That that is a rule. You can, it, it's, it was where changed. It, invo- it was changed two years ago, which now, stinks. Okay. Now, is it all, but does it say, if it involves the restricted area they from my understanding what everyone has said is that this was a rule at first that what you couldn't judgment calls you couldn't reverse then two years ago they put in implemented the rule where under two minutes you can go back and look to see if it if it can be reversed because that can basically swing a game you're right. I think it was a, if it's called a charge, it's called a charge. The only thing you need to do is go and look and see if it's in the restricted area. If he's outside the restricted area, you call the charge. It stays a charge. If his foot's in the restricted area or you know heel on the line of the restricted area, then you re- you can reverse the call and say you know what he was uh, in the restricted area and that's not a charge. But that's what it is. That's just how they got the rule. It, it was it was changeable, uh, and and that's how they got the. You, now you can go to the replay, obviously, to see it was because that's what initially sparked the replay was to see if he's in the out of the restricted area. Obviously, he was two feet out of it, and 
they changed the call. But yeah, it, it is a rule that was changed two years ago. And it did mess up the momentum. I think the referees really took away from this game. It just a lot of, and I don't, I hate to say it, I don't think the NBA is fixed or anything like that. But I, I, I kind of think it's a catch-22, Frank. Because this is one of those situations where people say, well, the referee needs to call this at the end of the game. And they swallow their whistle. And people get upset when the players decide the game at the end. And then when you have stuff like this, then, all oh, the referee is deciding the game and it's fixed. I don't think it should have been overturned. It should have just been a charge. Um, but it does yeah. look like it was some home cooking. And then, you know, he makes the free throws. Because if, you know, the Cavs are up by two and you call that charge, that's just so much good momentum going there. Um, but like I said, there was so many other blunders by the Cavs team. And not to mention, this team is, they're not good. They're just not, as I was playing the amen instrumental for you to preach. They're just, they're just not <laughs> good. I mean, LeBron had 51 points. And Kevin Love stepped up. But think about it. Their starters were all in the negatives and plus minus. And, I mean, it includes King James himself. And the Golden State Warriors, four out of the five were all in the positives. And your big three scored over close to 25 points or more. So, in reality, with the Cavs being close and making this a game is even, you know, surprising. But you're right. The Cavs had an opportunity to win this game and... J.R. Smith blew it with a lot of the boneheaded stuff throughout the game. As you mentioned, at halftime, once again, going for the steal. Don't know why you would go for the steal. He's your starting two guard. And it almost makes you think that maybe they should have just kept Dwayne Wade. At least you know he would have made no boneheaded plays. I mean, I know he's old, but I don't think he would have made any boneheaded plays like that. So, I, yeah, it, it was a head scratcher. And it kind of screws up the series for the Cavs. I mean, I'm mean, I, I I'm hoping to God that it doesn't really mess with them and they can come back in game two and say, you know what, let's still just get one game out of the Oracle, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, I guess you could say George Hill should have made the free throw, but, I mean, come on. There's guys that miss free throws all the time. I mean. Yeah. But I, w- I want to share this from uh, my good friend Casey Winkowski. He said that J.R. Smith's blunder was the was the equivalent of what happened to Bill Buckner in the '86 World Series. I mean, I and I and I was listening to Ryan Schuling's show out of Lansing, and I think he made mention of Isaiah Thomas telegraphing a pass in the direction of Larry Bird in '87, and that oh, although that, that although that one I will say. Larry Bird kind of came out of nowhere, and mm. even though it did, even though, even though, uh, even though uh, Zeke did admit that uh, that he shouldn't have thrown said pass, pass in the bad boys thirty for thirty, I'd say that was more hustle by Larry Bird. But yeah, that that's was, my, that's just my thing. That was a, then, that was yeah that that was not a telegraph pass. I and even Larry Bird admitted he kind of baited him into it, and that was just a great play by a great player in Larry Bird. So Ryan Schuling comparing that to J.R. Smith's blunder that's a little off. Yeah, I mean the one. I mean the one. The but I mean just seeing it. I mean the 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 last big blunder in NBA game I can remember that bad was. I, th- I told you this beforehand, 
was Rasheed Wallace leaving big shot Bob wide open in game five of the 2005 finals. Nah, I, I, I would put that more with the Isaiah Thomas blunder. I mean, people make mistakes like that. I mean, there's a lot of wrong. This, there's a lot of things in the heat of battle, Frank, that goes on that you you know you lose your train of thought, and that, that that those little mistakes happen. But knowing the game time in the situation and getting the rebound, yeah, calling those that's a little bit different here w- with Jr. Yeah. Smith. He thinking that I mean, they won me, the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean to me that that's inexcusable. I mean, like I said, I could probably lay name some. I probably could name some players from Dundee's JV team last year. That would know what to do in a situation like that. Yeah, I, like I said, I. But but then again, though, I'm not surprised by J.R. Smith because he's done this throughout his career where he's made blunders. It's just not haven't been on that really that big of a stage. So now that it's on the biggest, I mean, come on, let's face it, the NBA Finals is the biggest stage you can get on. But I mean, even at the end with Tristan Thompson, what he was doing with the flagrant foul too, and then he only which has how was that? And that's another thing. How was that a flagrant two when he did not even make contact? Yeah, there was, I mean, a, look. There was a lot of – but then again, though, it was at the end of the game and he was trying to make a point. But the fact of the matter is two points and five rebounds doesn't cut it. I mean, you're an $80 yeah. million dollar player supposedly. But then again, I'll say this, those were LeBron's boys. He wanted those guys to get those contracts and now you're saddled with them. And LeBron, only person he has to blame is himself because you wanted to dictate – who was on the team, and I understand you saw the the Rachel Nichols interview where he didn't want David Griffith to get fired, and he didn't want Kyrie to get traded, and he didn't really want to shake Dan Gilbert's hand after the Eastern Conference Final, you know, against championship presser, and, and all it is is a mono and mono guys trying to prove who who's right and who's wrong, and now you have this mess in Cleveland, and it and it sucks. It, it really yeah. sucks. But one little bit of breaking news just came in across about seven minutes ago. It sounds like Kevin Love is not going to be suspended for leaving the bench late. Well, he didn't really leave the bench. I mean, he walked out on the court, and then a, you know, a, a, a coach kind of reeled him in. But that's another tacky rule, too. I mean, come on. If you leave the sideline and you're by the three-point line, that's not really coming off the bench. I mean, that's almost like an extension of a coach's box almost. But I, I, I I, I want to know, really, the the, the, the question is going to be, after this series, is LeBron going to leave? I mean, it, it, think about it. You score 51 points. You, you're favored to get blown out. No one gave this Cavs team even a chance in the first quarter. And they played their hearts out and their butts off, and then this blunder happens. I I just I it's just I mean heck I didn't even play in the game and I feel tired. I mean I just don't you know they're playing it back and forth here as I'm watching it here on the herd and you could tell LeBron was just really upset with J.R. Smith. But once again, this is this is the bed you made, LeBron. You wanted to keep him around because he had one good year in 2016 of shooting the ball. But 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 then again though, like I said, this guy's had a history of it untying people's shoes on the court. Um, I believe he's done this a couple times where he's done a couple bonehead blunders. So, and this is, and the thing about it is, Frank, this is your starting two guard. Exactly. And, again, I, 
it's a, you reap what you sow here, and you know, yeah, I think true. that this, that I do think this is the last that LeBron is not going to be in Cleveland at this time next year, unless, of course, he's somehow able to say, hold my beer and watch this win four games in these finals, and then maybe he might stick around. But I'm if I if I had to put money on it, I'd say he's not. Now, as for where he goes, that's another topic for another time. Well, I mean, I mean, basically, uh, I think uh, 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 J.R. Smith was kind of like Marv Albert. You know, his time is coming. He needs to go out the pasture. <laughs> uh, maybe it, LeBron. I think LeBron. I wonder if LeBron had that thought last night. And I know. And I will say one thing I do want to say about LeBron is. And he, I could tell he was getting irritated at his at the press conference. People asking him questions about Jr. and yeah, Mark Schwartz. Gonna... It was Mark Schwartz was the reporter that asked him. You know, and he's been in the league almost thirty years. You know, yeah. reporting on it, and he basically got LeBron to get up and leave. Now, here's what I want to ask you: You think it's good on LeBron's part that he says, "Hey, you're asking me about another player, and you want, and I'm not going to answer that," and he gets asked again, and he walks out. I mean, I think that's that's more of a case of you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. But I think also he may have have said, was essentially trying to tell him, why don't you go ask J- go ask Jr. about it? He's the one. But of course, I don't think he was trying. I think he was trying to avoid throwing him under the bus and saying, you know what? I thought I'll talk to him him out of the public eye and I and we'll uh, talk about that but I'm not going to publicly throw him under the bus I, well it, but it's the big stage though and I, I don't yeah, really think right, the questions I don't think the questions were, were, were that bad I, I, I once again and that's another thing too I'm getting tired of 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 these sensitive athletes I mean the, the reporters are there to ask the or ask the questions and if, if they're not questions that are you know out of bounds you know there are some people that go up there and and, and, and not really in the main press conference they usually let more of the professionals ask the questions you know because they control the mic in the NBA finals if you notice you always see it on a stick and they're moving it around and normally you're getting the beat writers and and, and some of the sideline reporters are there in the finals obviously ABC has nothing but the coverage so like Allie Clifton will be at the finals and she'll be doing more reporting or sideline reporting maybe for the radio side or whatever and usually for Fox Sports on TV she does it but then during the finals she's more behind the scenes but I can understand though when they do the 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 pregame stuff you know on the court and stuff at the shoot around you get these guys that ask you know out of bounds questions that are just trying to get clickbait stuff but during the actual professional ones you stop being so – you weren't going to throw him under the bus. You know, he just wanted to understand and get an insight of what was going on because LeBron, if you saw, he looked irritated when he looked at him like, hey, bonehead, what are you doing? You know, yeah. either call a timeout or give me the ball. And and, and then JR said, well, I thought I – I mean, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. JR Smith, Smith equals maybe one step above Swaggy P. He's a swaggy <laughs> P on the Cavs, and he start. That's how bad the Cavs are. You've got a swaggy P as your starting two guard. 
and Swaggy P <laughs> in big moments ain't getting a lot of burn in the finals. <laughs> I like how, I kind of like how you put it that way. I mean, he's a because that's a swaggy <laughs> that's a swaggy P play. Swag, I could see Swaggy P doing something like that where he gets the rebound and you you just look at him and Swaggy P's a guy that okay that's Swaggy P. At least he tried. At least he got the rebound. You if that was Swaggy P, oh, at least he got the rebound. He would have did something <laughs> boneheaded, but at least he got the rebound because you know how Swaggy P is. That's just it, the way he is. And I think people would have brushed it off, but that's what J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith has always been like that. He's just been maybe one step above Swaggy P. He gets hot behind the three point line, but his defense has been just totally horrible. It is. It is what it is. I just. I don't know. I. I feel irritated for LeBron, and I. You know, and and then if he loses this finals, it's on him. And he's been given all he's given, and the team is just. It's just horrid. If he, like I said, if he wins this series, I'm gonna have to say he's better than Michael Jordan. And a lot of analysts are saying that too. Like they were watching Game One and saying Michael Jordan would have done this. There's no way that Michael Jordan would have came in there. That's you know saying that's like almost saying that Scottie Pippen got hurt, Tony Kukoc got hurt, and you going in there with Rodman against the Utah Jazz, and you know Michael's got to go at least get fifty, and and hopefully you know Dennis Rodman can at least get you a double double. We know you can get rebounds, but he ain't much of a scorer. I mean that's what LeBron James is pretty much dealing with. Yeah, I would agree with you there. There. So, Any I mean, like I, I mean, I know you didn't have the, I know you had the Cavs probably getting annihilated, and then you and David, I, all, yeah, you guys thought they had no chance, and Game One actually proved that. Oh well, we can hang with these guys now. Maybe Golden State came in complacent, and it was Game One. You're feeling each other out, and maybe the, the Warriors do go and give them the old smack job, but at least it could change up the series a little bit. I mean, I I said war. I said Warriors in five. I'm gonna stick by that. I think uh, I think the Cavs will probably get one at, in Cleveland, but I think that Golden State's just got way too much. Mm-hmm. Much. I mean, not any. And look, I mean, I know it showed they can hang with him, but also you have to remember last night showed that LeBron can have one of his best playoff performances of all time scoring 51 and still not win. I mean, I think, but again, that just shows that he's just got a bunch of, he's just got a bunch of off brand, bunch of off brand tools from Meyer instead of going to Lowe's and getting name brand stuff. (laughs) Uh, You know, sometimes Meyer does have some decent tools. I mean, they just have the lower version of the black and Decker stuff, but uh, Kyle Corver, was in the positives, but he only had three. We talked to Darren Cohn a little earlier, and he said that maybe a few things the Cavs could do, and even though Kyle Corbett can be a defensive liability, but then again, J.R. Smith gave the old age job to Steph Curry, is maybe get uh, Kyle Corver a little bit more involved, um, which I kind of do believe in that because he does open up the court and everything like that, and in that situation, it could have happened. But, I, yeah, like I said, I just – I don't know if you can come back from this. But then again, like I said, it will add to LeBron's legacy if they go in there and they steal one in Oracle and go back to Cleveland because you know they're going to at least get one in Cleveland because I'm telling you this right now, and I hate to say it, and I don't think the NBA is rigged or anything like that. They're going to get some home cooking calls in Cleveland, at least one game, because it seemed like the calls were a little bit on the edge with 
the Golden State Warriors. Yes, kind of, kind of like how uh, it would be if you went to the LA Forum or Boston Garden back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, but this time in 2018, Boston couldn't even get the home calls. So, uh, Frank, what you got uh, planned for uh, this weekend? Well, Saturday I'm actually going to be at Blissfield uh, doing my director of social media work for Dundee. Just kind of hopping between their baseball district and their softball district. So, be hopping between both those diamonds. The baseball play, St. Mary's Catholic Central at 10 a.m. and softball will play St. Mary's Catholic Central at 11:30. So hopefully come out with wins and advance to the championship game because the other side of the bracket for baseball is uh, Blissfield and Adrian Madison, and for softball I believe it's Mad- Adrian Madison and Erie Mason. And plus, soft- Dundee softball is currently ranked fifth in the state of Michigan in Division Three. So. But they got tough. But they're going against the defending state champ in SMCC. So that's that's the semifinal that I think is going to be theater. Ah, oh, that's right. That is that big that word again, theater. As uh, the state final four for the boys baseball, uh, Anthony Wayne will be in that, uh, I believe, later on on Friday. And girls softball, Perrysburg ended up losing in their state semifinal game. So baseballs were actually wrapping up this weekend in uh in the Buckeye State. But you guys still got a couple rounds to go up there in the glove. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. District play uh, just opened up on Tuesday. Uh, Dundee had an opening round game against Erie Mason that they won, and so they'll be playing Saturday. I mean, there's some, there's a few teams in this area that I think could wouldn't be shocked to see go pretty far. I think Ottawa Lake Whiteford in Division Four. I think they could go on a run, as I've mentioned on this show. Their shortstop Tommy Eitner will be playing for Toledo next year. And also, I think Airport, Carlton Airport in Division Two could be, uh, has been up in the state rankings. I think they could go on a run, but they may have to go through New Boston Huron, who's got a really good pitcher, and Vinny Rabluski, who I have I have seen before because he came to a, to a scout to a scouting camp that I was that I was actually working at. Mm-hmm. Nice, Frank. I thought you might probably do some uh, umpiring, uh, but like I said, we need to get back in the studio a little bit, get us all all in there on a Saturday and uh, enjoy some stuff. Actually, um, uh, after the the show, actually at one uh, two o'clock, I got motorcycle classes, so I took the first classes on Saturday and then I uh, or from Thursday and then Saturday and Sunday is all coursework, and it's from two to six, so uh, a full weekend for me. All righty, well. Uh... Best of luck to you with that. Hopefully you end up uh, getting a good motorcycle to ride. Yeah, hopefully, you know, still just looking, Frank. Well, you have a good weekend, man. All right, thank you, Derek. Yeah, that was Frank Baster getting it off his chest about the NBA Finals. Coming up next, I'll give you my uh, personal take about the NBA Finals. As a, <clears throat> Like I said, it, man, it, interesting. Like I said, I didn't even play. And even, I feel fatigued and, and disappointed for the guy. I mean, even you, you go, score 51, you take the loss, and then you get poked in the eye by Draymond Green, and you uh, got a little red blot in your eye. And uh, it looks like also Dan Gilbert kind of responded to LeBron James saying he didn't want Kyrie Irving to be traded. I'll talk about a little bit of that also here on 88.3 WGT's After Further Review. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud. WHT's after further review with a picture of Frank Bashers and the horse's head. Make sure you follow us there um, on the app or through 
your desktop and then also on iTunes make sure you subscribe to us and it's after further review or return I'll have my personal thoughts on NBA Finals Game 1 88.3 WXUT Thank you.